Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're the, the Stevensons. I'm a pastor to kids. And I'm writing the names of the books of the Bible in Sharpie on a million solo cups. And, and this, this is, is the Kidman Creatives Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because we are answering some questions we've been seeing online from children's ministry leaders. We've got 10 questions in no particular order at all, and they're on all kinds of different topics. So we hope we have some creative ideas for you. So here we go. It's the Q&A grab bag. That's right. All right. And question number one out of the grab bag is... What are some gifts for fifth graders promoting from kids ministry to student ministry that you can give? Oh, I like this question. Well, let me think about this. I mean, I think one thing that's really meaningful to fifth graders is personal notes. So writing a note to them that maybe affirms some of the things you've seen in them, some things that you've seen that are positive in their lives. Um, A lot of kids will hang on to notes from someone, a mentor, forever. So um, just a really thoughtful, um, you know, congrats on moving forward and we'll be praying for you. And, you know, I just am really excited to see what God's going to do in your life. You know, something like that. Um, The other thing you could do is get them a gift card or something like that. Um, Or you could take them to lunch or do a special lunch or an other kind of event. I would definitely lean more towards giving fifth graders, um, outgoing fifth graders, some kind of an event that is just for them and gives them kind of an experience with you just to say goodbye, but also um, giving them a chance to connect very strategically with the youth pastor and youth ministry leaders. Um, So creating some kind of an event in conjunction with your youth pastor or youth leader would be really great. Um, where, you know, they can connect with them and have a really good positive experience. It kind of does a really smooth handoff between kids ministry and youth ministry. So question number two is, Sean, are there any fresh ideas of an event to do instead of a fall festival or trunk or treat? Yeah, and you know, we'll probably talk more about fall festivals and things in a later episode, but for, you know, just the beginning here, fall festivals can be super fun to do, but maybe this is time to think about a fresh new idea for this kind of event. You know, this year in 2020, when we were recording this, we won't be sure whether or not we'll still be working under coronavirus guidelines or not. Mm. So it is a time to start being extra creative and flexible. I think one of the things that coronavirus has forced a lot of ministry leaders to do is to be creative. We can't just do the same things right now in a lot of ways. So we have to take time to think, okay, how can we do ministry effectively that is creative and outside the box? This is a great time to take the box and open it up and maybe even shred the box a little bit and say, (laughs) what can we do that is different, but is going to be effective in ministry? So, you know, hopefully by the fall, we'll be able to do a lot more things in person and those kinds of things, as I know a lot of places right now are still meeting with pretty restricted guidelines or not able to meet in person. So Mm. one thing you could do is move your VBS to the fall. 
You know, this year, a lot of people were not able to do VBS this summer in person because of coronavirus restrictions. So this would be a great place to do maybe a weekend experience, like a Friday night into a Saturday, culminating with a Sunday morning when you invite all the families back using those VBS materials you probably already purchased. Yep. You know, set up stations, plan it out, have a speaker, fun music, all the things that we love about the summer week of VBS, and make the event centered around that VBS theme. You know, you could even fallify <laughs> your theme. I like <laughs> so, that. Making up new words here. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you did groups VBS Rocky Railway, set it up so all your decor is like a train traveling through the forest during fall with, like, fall leaves, all those sorts of things. Oh. You know, there's a lot of places right now, like Hobby Lobby, Dollar Tree, that already have fall decor out. And and Christmas. Yeah, and Christmas stuff, too, if you're planning ahead. But you could go find some of those decor items right now to decorate as a fall theme. You know, if if you did Lifeways Concrete and Cranes, that's the one you purchased. Have the construction crew be working during the fall. You know, you get the idea. Move those those themes into a fall and fallify it to make it kind of a new idea. (laughs) a new a new setup you might have to take out a couple of rotations or a couple of lessons from the curriculum but just choose ones that you think oh this is the key ones we could do or these ones would be really great and have it you know bleed into your sunday morning where you invite back all those families you know this would be a great thing to plan with your lead pastor or worship pastor to hey can we do one of these vbs songs with the kids that sunday morning that they've learned all week long or weekend long it'd be a great way to incorporate those kids into something that brings back the families on sunday morning which is a really big goal i think of what vbs vacation bible school should be another idea you could have is do like a fall family scavenger hunt so especially if we're still having a lot of restrictions as far as who can be together Mm -hmm. this is a great way to have families drive around and complete um, a scavenger hunt of some kind have a list of like locations they have to go to and maybe they have to find a person at that location who has the one of your leaders who has a fall leaf on their car so they know oh that's the person we need to go get a clue from or we need to go get like a signature from etc um, another thing you could do with this is have the families take photos in different locations and then send them to you. And so then you have the photos you can use on social media later on to show like this was a really fun event we did. And then you can also, I love doing this with a family scavenger hunt, give them a letter from the name of a hidden location that's the final destination. So like if you want to have the whole thing end at maybe like a Wendy's and you give everyone a frosty (laughs) coupon, that kind of thing you know send out a letter every time they send you a photo like okay we're gonna send the e and now a w and the d and they have to unscramble oh, the letters letter. I to thought you find meant, out like you're mailing something <laughs> i was like this is a very drawn out scavenger hunt yep they have to wait for the mail to arrive and then no so and then that way you can have that be the final destination and hang out in the parking lot especially if it. you need to do something more distanced this would be a great idea This is more probably an event for your church, maybe not so much an outreach event as like a VBS or a fall festival might be, but this would be super fun and socially distanced. So number three, Sarah, what ways have you stayed connected with the kids in your ministry during this season? Hmm. 
Yeah, this season of coronavirus times has been interesting. Um, Some of the things we've done to stay connected with our families and our kids, um, we've sent out postcards to a lot of our kids um, that kind of, it was fun, they coincided with our um, YouTube channel, um, some of the characters that appeared on our YouTube channel. So I designed, um, so I use a software called Canva. Um, It's C-A-N-V-A dot com. Um, to design all kinds of things. I use it to design our social media graphics, um, our banners for web things. Um, But you can also design print materials like brochures and postcards, and then you can actually have them printed through Canva, which is pretty awesome. So I created some postcards that had Hoppy the sheep, who's a sheep puppet that we have in all of our videos. <laughs> and the kids... Uh, Sarah, can you give us a little Hoppy the sheep No, voice? we will not be doing oh. that on this. You'll have to look, look up our YouTube channel. Go find our YouTube channel to hear more from <laughs> um, Hoppy. Yeah, so um, we did that, and we sent those to the kids, and they were like, oh my gosh, it's Hoppy! Um, so that was fun. Um, another thing you could do, uh, drop off a family fun bag so um we did that for our preschoolers especially because we haven't had as much contact with them um so um and we'll talk a little bit about that later um sean yeah another yeah another thing we did um so there is this great resource called story sticks so storysticks.net is the place you can find these and it's super awesome what they are are these sticks that are hooked together with some bolts that allow you to create all kinds of different shapes so you can use them to tell bible stories and so there's a bunch of different uh like workbooks that have different bible stories with all the shapes in them and the little uh, designs of how you make each shape. So you make like walking feet and you can make like a house shape and a fish and all these different things to tell Bible stories. Well, they also have a junior story stick, which are these cool red colored ones that are for kids. And so what we did is we did a junior story stick storyteller club over Zoom. So we had kids sign up and we made it free for any kids in our group that signed up. And then we dropped off the story sticks and the junior story stick storyteller book (laughs) that has, it has Bible stories that are made for kids to do that have a few less shapes to make and easier words to be able to tell the Bible story. And then each week we did one Bible story. We did this over six weeks. And then each week we also practiced the Lord's Prayer, which was in that book as well. And so then by the last session, what we did is we had the Lord's Prayer memorized and we had the shapes all memorized and the kids were able to do it for our service after that sixth week. And so it was super fun. The kids really had a good time with those. And we're going to be doing another one of those coming up this fall and the kids are going to learn Psalm 23. So it's a really fun way for kids to learn scripture, but it's also super fun because they get to go tell their families all the stories Mm -hmm. that they're learning, a lot of parables and things. So it was a lot of fun to do another thing you can do is do some facetime phone calls with families you know pre-arrange these with families call them to talk to the kids and ask how are you doing maybe you could tell them a joke or they ask them to tell you a joke or you know just have them tell you about what they've been up to how school is going those sorts of things if they've started school already And so set up a little time when you can do some phone calls with families. That's something that's really helpful. I think the other thing too, especially with parents, is just taking a time to say on those kinds of calls, hey, can I pray for your whole family and Mm -hmm. have the family gather together and just pray for them. 
parents right now are kind of stressed with all the different decisions they have to make, especially about schooling. And it's just really overwhelming. So being able to take that time and pray for them for God's peace and comfort and just wisdom is so helpful and so appreciated. All right. So changing gears a little bit. Number four is what are some fun socially distanced activities you can do with kids? Yeah. So here's a few different ideas you could do. You know, so thinking about right now, we're having to be a little more socially distanced. So a couple different games you can do that are super fun. You could do bingo night. So have the kids come if you have a gym or even if it's nice outside, you could set it up outside if it's not windy, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) But you could set up a bingo night. There are some awesome different uh, types of bingo um, that you can find on places like childrensministrydeals.com. And they have different ones like Books of the Bible Bingo. Um, OrientalTrading.com also has a bunch of ones like Fruit of the Spirit Bingo. So you can play some different rounds of bingo because kids can sit where they are. They ha- don't have to be near each other. Mm-hmm. You can space them out and have a fun bingo night event uh, with the kids that's socially distanced. Another thing you could do is you could do a paint and praise night. Now, these are those kinds of nights where you have like some material, paint material set up in different stations where families maybe could sit together and then you have someone maybe lead them in painting something or they can kind of free paint and do something of their own on their own and just have like a paint night and then have a little like some praise music playing while they're painting and that'd be a really another great socially distanced thing you could do that keeps people kind of occupied in one spot but they're with other people mm-hmm. that'd be another great one to do outside too it'd be super easy to do you could have the materials set up on different tables in the parking lot or you know have just different stations where they can go as a family group to do the paint praise i was thinking you know going back to an earlier question about what to do in lieu of like trunk or treat or fall festival um you could turn fallify one of these things you could yeah fall themed bingo or paint and praise that kind of thing so this idea actually came from our pastor's daughter who she <laughs> said to me pastor sean i have an idea for you i have a suggestion and i said okay what's your suggestion and she said what if okay because we got to be socially distanced and all those sorts of things what if we did an outdoor laser tag oh, event, maybe like for like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and that would be like distanced, and then we could do it outside. And so there are actually a bunch of places you can go online to rent laser tag equipment, and they send it to you, and then you are able just to put it back in a box, and it sends right back to them. Um, that's a really fun idea that you could do that would be socially distanced. You could do it outside if the weather is nice. And talk to your youth pastor if you have one at your church to say, hey, have you ever heard of any of these renting a laser tag things? They might have heard of it before and might be able to point you in the right direction if there's a company they've used before. But that'd be a super fun event you could do that would be an outreach as well to neighborhood people as as well as your church families. The other thing you could do is you could host like a game show night, you know, do a game show of some kind, like a Jeopardy night or a family feud night or any of those sorts of games because you can separate the kids out into groups so they don't have to be sitting right next to each other. And you could do some game show type games from up front and have it stay separated pretty well. So that would be another great way 
to do a socially distanced fun activity. No, I was thinking like parking lot bowling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stuff with like gourds. that, too. <laughs> you could do it with gourds to fallify it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the fall theme. We're ready for fall over we're, here. We're here for it. So, okay, Sarah, how do you stay connected to preschool parents especially? Oh, yeah. So preschool is an interesting age um, because I, I guess, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but like attendance is sort of like depends on the week. Kids get <laughs> sick a lot at this age. If they have older yep. siblings or younger siblings, like it can just be hard to get out the door. So um, it, so staying in touch with parents is really important um, just to keep the lines of communication open, but also to encourage um, parents during this kind of phase of life. So some of the things you can do, um, one would be to send out a weekly email. Um, so things to think about including in an email would be like a Devo for parents or maybe a prayer for the parents that week um, written out. Um, and then a recap of the story or lesson from that week. And maybe some questions to talk about with the kids. This doesn't have to be like really, really um, like long questions or anything like that, but just some reflection questions. Kids are surprisingly sometimes have some interesting things to say, even when they're three, four, five. So um, the other thing you can do is share like, hey, we sang these songs this week. If there's a particular song that you want them to start learning. Um, other things that I've seen people do, um, Facebook group for parents. So, you know, when you get a new family at your church that has a preschooler, you can have parents of preschoolers group where you could post some of the things, like I mentioned for a weekly email, you could also post regularly in a group. Um, it sort of depends on your context, what might work and not work for them. If your church is really into Facebook and it seems like many of the people are there, that's a good thing to, to use. Yeah, you might even have to try a couple different things to see what sticks. I have found that at different churches, different parents are on different social medias. Yes. Some churches, they're all on Instagram, and yep. they're all in on the Instagram um, social media sites and things, and then the others are all in on Facebook, and others are all in on Twitter. And so being aware of, like, where, where are your parents? Some of them are also not on social media. So thinking about how do we reach out not just to the parents that are in social media, but also the ones that aren't connected to social media that way. Yeah, so some other things to do potentially would be to send a note or a postcard, like I mentioned earlier, to the child and to the parents, and then possibly do some kind of, right now, a lot of churches are doing some kind of porch drop of different themed goodie bags, so fall-themed goodie bags will be coming up. Um, for the summer, we made one for our preschool families that had, like, bubbles and um, a book that we all, we, we really love, Frolic Bible Babies. Oh, it's, my gosh. It's adorable. <laughs> um, we put in some coloring pages and large crayons, and then we bought some Melissa and Doug puppets, um, and we put one puppet in each bag so the kids could, because we use puppets in our videos, so we thought, you know, it would be kind of fun. The kids can do that, too. So those are just some ways, I would say, to think about um, possibly connecting with the parents. Um, the other thing you can do, I would say, is just to encourage them and just say, hey, we're here for you, you know, don't make them feel bad about not being there regularly, you know, if that's their situation. Just be like, we're so glad you're here, you know, um, when you do see them. All right, so question number six. What books, Sean, do you recommend giving parents at baby dedications? Yeah, so baby dedications, here's what I recommend. 
I think it's super awesome to give families first a storybook Bible of some kind. Now, depending on what age, maybe you have actually a child dedication you're doing and you have an older kid, or you do have maybe an infant that's being dedicated. So there are some different Bible storybooks that I would recommend that I think are really great for the whole family to start, you know, learning those stories of scripture together. I think that's something that's so key. Sometimes people give out different little books that are maybe geared just towards the baby or the infant or the toddler. And it might be something that actually might not get used. And so I'm always looking for what is a book that I'm going to give that the family's actually going to crack open and read. And so I look at the Frolic First Faith Storybook Bible. It's a board book Bible. It's perfect for infants and toddlers. And the coloring and the pictures are so awesome. And it's like bright and vibrant and just really does a good job with the stories it tells. The other one, they also have a preschool, Frolic Preschool Bible from the same company with the same sort of art design, but that one's an actual paged, um, you know, paper page storybook Bible that has a few more stories than the, obviously the board book version does. So often I give that one if we're talking about maybe they're dedicating a preschool age child or even like a kindergartner age. The other one I've given is to families is the I Will Follow Jesus storybook Bible, um, which is a great one that has a lot of great art as well and is really great for elementary aged kids that you want to have maybe a family uh, Bible story time when you can read from that book. It's a lot easier to read uh, that book for maybe elementary age kids. So I love to give a storybook Bible of some kind. So that way those families can get in, start discovering the stories of who God is, what God has done, is doing, and will do one day. The other thing I love to give parents especially is a parent's book of prayers, the day-by-day devotional by Tony Wood. I love this little book. It's a little book that's a 365-day devotional, and it's short little devotionals because we all know parents don't often have a lot of time. So having just a short little devotional based on a verse and then a prayer of some kind that the parents can pray for their child. I think it's so encouraging And so helpful because parents really do need encouragement too. And giving them something that will point them back to Jesus through those long nights when they're tired and those difficult days when the temper tantrums happen and the twos and all the things. You know, that's so crucial just to give that encouragement. So I really love those two resources, especially for giving to parents at baby dedications. That's awesome. All right. Number seven. Sean, do you have any recommendations for preschool curriculum? So when we say preschool, we're thinking ages three to five or that kind of pre-kindergarten age. Yeah, one of my favorite curriculums right now for this age group is the Frolic Preschool Curriculum. It goes with that Frolic First Faith Storybook Bible and the Preschool Storybook Bible, and it's an awesome curriculum and I love it because it's actually a little bit slower paced than a lot of other curriculums. What it does is it takes two weeks covering each of those major Bible stories we think of. So like Noah's Ark is over two weeks. Abraham and Sarah being promised Isaac is a two-week thing and it does the story both weeks the full story and it allows the kids to look at the story both weeks from different angles and I love this because kids need repetition and so when we you know just kind of blast through stories for this age you know one week after the next it can be a little overwhelming for those kids to remember them all and so taking the time to slow down 
and have two different weeks that are on the same story right Mm -hmm. back to back, I think is super powerful. The other thing that's awesome about this curriculum is their stations. So their methodology that they have is that instead of just having like kind of generic toys out in the room, that each week when the kids come in, there are play stations set up that are centered around the Bible story. So like, I love for, that. Yeah. So like, for instance, with Noah's Ark from Genesis 6 and through 9, we have stations that are set up like have a big piece of paper on the ground and kids can draw animals on it, their favorite animal. When we did this, we had a big piece of butcher paper spread across one whole side of the room and crayons kind of scattered along the middle of it for those kids to color it. And Sarah actually drew like a bunch of different animals that were just outlines of the animals in Sharpie and the kids could color it in. And so the kids had so much fun coloring in those pictures on that huge mural on the ground. It was super fun. Another thing is we had like a bunch of Duplos where the kids could build their own like boat of their of some kind. We also had a station where they could explore things like seashells and fur pieces that the kids can interact and play with. And so all of those different stations reinforce the story that they're covering. And they're all, they might sound a little daunting at first, but the supplies for them were actually pretty simple to gather. They weren't super crazy or hard to find. They were things that I was able to go to Hobby Lobby and pretty much find everything I needed from there. So it's a great curriculum. And I love that there's also a fun poster pack that you can get that goes along with each story. They're very cute. Yeah. They're super colorful, vibrant. And then on the back of the poster has the Bible story written out. So that way you can hold the poster and you can read the story to the kids from it. And it's not super long. It has some questions. Yeah. It has some different little questions on the back that you can guide the kids with. And the curriculum, it's in digital or it's print. It has four different sequences and each sequence lasts for half a year. So pretty much you get two years going over the Old Testament and New Testament. So there's like an Old Testament part one, Old Testament part two, New Testament part one, New Testament part two. There's also, like I said, that accompanying storybook Bible, the Frolic Preschool Bible, and other little storybooks that can be used as well to reinforce the messages. So that's the one I recommend, the Frolic curriculum for preschool. They also have a nursery curriculum as well that's super good. So Sarah, okay, do you have any ideas... You know, a lot of teachers are going back to school, getting their classrooms ready for kids. Some schools have already started and teachers are back in the classroom or they're on Zoom. So what are some ways that we can support teachers right now? That's a really good question. Um, I, I would say, first of all, this really depends on your relationship that you have established with the school district or if there's a school that's like really close to your church, you know, what that relationship looks like. You always want to be really respectful of whatever their their um, guidelines are for visitors or for volunteers, that kind of thing. So um, if you don't have a relationship with the school district, I would definitely recommend figuring out how to go about that. Um, So making some connections, getting to know the school secretaries um, and administrators, that kind of thing. Um, Once you have a connection with them, um, there's lots of different things you can do to encourage teachers. Coffee, tea, those things are always appreciated. Um, Writing personal notes is a really good good um, way to encourage them you know let them know you're thinking about them that you support what they do and you know wish them well in their school year 
Um, something I've seen is delivering lunch for the school staff. Um, so again, making arrangements with the school admin team um, to make sure that you're doing that in a safe way um, that is um, appropriate for their school. Um, and then I would say the final thing is think about adopting a teacher or a classroom and help fund that teacher's day-to-day classroom supplies. You know, a lot of teachers actually use their own money to buy decorations or fun books and things for their classroom. So find out, do the teachers have their own wish lists of things that they're hoping to get for their students or for their classrooms? Um, And see if there's a way that you can help with that. So number nine here, Sarah, what special things do you do for kids going into kindergarten and joining like the elementary age kids church? Oh, I love this question. Um, So one of my one of our favorite Sundays um, was kindergarten Sunday. So we decided to host a family worship service that that Sunday right before school starts. So all the grade schoolers were in the service with their families. And then we invited the upcoming kindergartners to come to this special Sunday Kids Church with their parents and siblings so their parents could come see you know what we do and meet us and meet the volunteers that are going to be in their class with the kids um, but also just get to know the flow because parents these days want to know what their kids are going to do so it's sort of like an open house I would say for for kindergarten Um, so it was really about helping the kids know what happens in the space of the service. So in our large group room, we did a message and songs and we took extra time to show the kids what we do um, in kind of our service plan. Um, And then we took them to our small group space and we had the kids work on a craft project while the parents kind of met each other and mingled and and they asked us questions too. They had lots of things they were curious about. So we invited all of our kindergarten leaders to be there that Sunday as well so that the families could get to know the leaders that would normally be hanging out with their kids each week. Um, so the great benefit, I would say, is it kind of gave them a chance to just ask all of their questions, um, but also get to know other parents who are in the same stage of life. And so it was super fun. And, and we got to get to meet all the kindergartners without the distraction of all the other kids at the same time because the kindergartners sometimes are a little they're really young and they can be a little overwhelmed especially if you have like kinder through fifth all together so yeah it was a super fun event and especially if that if those kindergartners are moving to a new part of a large building if you have a large building showing those kindergartners and parents things like where's the bathroom that you Mm -hmm. use in this area where's the drinking fountain you know what if you have any special rules for that part of the building what are those just helping those kindergartners get acclimated to the space is really important it helps them feel more comfortable especially in those first few weeks of coming to kids church in the fall when they are really young and like they're mostly five and sometimes they get scared to walk into a large room with a bunch of older kids that they don't really know so having those kinds of times for them to be able to get to know just that space on their own is so helpful awesome all right so our final question question number 10 is how do you help kids memorize the books of the bible Ooh, this is a good question this is you know this is a really important thing because 
Helping kids learn how to navigate the Bible is so helpful for them when they are thinking of maybe a verse and they're thinking, oh, where is that? I kind of know, but I don't remember. And being able to help them understand the flow of the story of Scripture overall, all of these things are reinforced by helping them memorize the books of the Bible, which unfortunately I feel like it is just one of those things you kind of have to just memorize. Yeah, It's just one of those things. And so some different ways you can do this, I think one of the best ways is a song. Uh, my favorite books of the Bible song that I found, there's two of them. They have one for Old Testament and New Testament from worshipforkids.com. And they have one for both of those different sections of the Bible, Old and New Testament. And I think it's my favorite one that I've found so far. And kids always, when they learn a books of the Bible song, and you ask them to maybe tell you, where is that found in scripture? You'll see them going, okay, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. (laughs) And they start going through the song in their head and uh, to get to that book of the Bible. But it helps them to memorize it. And that song that you're talking about, Sean, has a video. So the nice thing is, you know, if you're, if you're in a place where, again, if you're not a singer, (laughs) (laughs) you can play the video and sing along and do motions if you've made them, um, that kind of thing. Super fun. Yeah. The other thing you can do is you can find books of the Bible bookmarks that you can give out to the kids. So it's kind of like a little cheat sheet that they can have to put in their own Bible or they can put it, you know, wherever they keep their, their books they might use it as a bookmark. You can find stuff like that on um, Christian Book um, CBD, CBD ChristianBookDiscount.com, or also Amazon.com has a bunch of different ones. If you just search books of the Bible bookmarks, Oriental Trading has them too. They have all different kinds of styles and fun things like that. Um, you can also make up hand motions for each of the books of the Bible. And this is super fun. And actually, Children's Ministry Deals, I mentioned them earlier, they have a, um, a hand motion booklet they made up for each of the books of the Bible that's free on their website. They also have a bunch of different ideas like a bingo game with the books of the Bible, mm. a dice game, word searches, flashcards, all different kinds of resources. And like bingo is the secret theme oh, of this episode. Bingo is super fun. <laughs> what can I say? And right now, as of the recording of this podcast, all of those resources are free on their website right now. So that's an awesome thing. You can go download all the digital files for those for free. They also have the infamous or maybe famous, I don't know, <laughs> cup stacking Bible books game. <sighs> Which, so we decided, okay, we're going to do Bible Olympics for one month of our year. And so we did Books of the Bible Olympics. And uh, one of the games was they had to take all these different cups and stack them in order of the Mm -hmm. books of the Bible. So that meant pretty much like a couple hours of us writing on plastic solo cups and Sharpie all the names of the books of the Bible, hoping it doesn't smear, because then we tried like labels, but those weren't sticking. (sighs) So it was a long process to finally get all of those cups ready. things we do for the children. (laughs) But it was fun, and the kids loved it. It was a super fun game. They really enjoyed it. It was great. So... Those are some good resources to help kids memorize the books of the Bible. Well, thanks for asking questions with us today. We hope you feel ready to tackle some of these specific areas in your children's ministries. 
If you like what you've been hearing, leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. You can also find us on Instagram for set photos and more ideas at The Kidman Creatives. The Kidman Creatives is a podcast hosted by Sean and Sarah Stevenson. Scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996, 2004, 2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Inc., Carroll Stream, Illinois, 60188. All rights reserved. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye.